Good morning. Well, today is Mother's Day, which is evident by all the mothers here this morning. It's our special guest. We welcome you. This is a day when we are all given the chance to formally celebrate all those who have been a mother to us in one way or another, expected or unexpected. This is a day when we are reminded to stop and give thanks to and for the women who have been guiding us, loving us, protecting us, disciplining us, discipling us, cheering us on all through the various seasons of our lives. You might even say that today is the day to honor those who possess those great long-suffering gifts of patience and restraint. Gifts that those who mother must practice day in and day out in order to keep from losing their minds and their tempers. Especially when they are asked the same question 600 times a day in 600 different ways. You see, for those who might not have noticed, mothering requires a seemingly seemingly ridiculous amount of repetition. Over and over and over, the same lessons and instructions must be given, reiterated, reframed, restated. For instance, for some who mother, mornings might sound like this. Go put your shoes on, it's time to go. Did you put your shoes on? Get your shoes and put them on. We are going to be late. Where are your shoes? Go get your shoes. Did you look under your backpack? Did you pick up your backpack to look under it? Go look again. Okay, good. No, 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 do not open the backpack. Just shoes, feet, now. Or maybe you're in a season where your morning's more like this. Good morning, it's time to get up. Are you up? Come on, you really have to get up. Get up. Are you up? I'm not going to tell you again. You really have to get up now. Get up right now. You see, repetition. Patience. The simplifying of instructions down to the bare minimum words needed. Shoes. Feet. Now. Now, Jesus wasn't a mother, but I think it is safe to say that when it came to life with the disciples, a group of particularly thick-headed, dissatisfied, grumbling, whining, easily distracted, hot-headed men, Jesus did a lot of mothering, and he practiced a lot of repetitive instruction, primarily in regards to who he was and is and will always be. At the beginning of today's gospel reading, we see Thomas asking Jesus how they, the disciples, will know where Jesus is going and how they'll know where, how to get there themselves and what the way is. And Jesus has already been answering these questions all throughout his ministry. But he goes back through it again with Thomas. And then as he's wrapping things up with Thomas, Philip pipes in. Oh, Philip. I think Philip might be the just one more kid. You know the kid I'm talking about, right? The kid who's always saying, can I just have one more cookie? Just one more dollar? Just one more minute? The kid who, when you answer a question, always comes back with, but why? Or, but what if? I just need to know one more thing. I just need to get one more thing. The translation of the gospel that we heard earlier said this. 
And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. The NIV reads, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. The message translation puts it like this, Show us the Father, then we'll be content. The good news, show us the Father, that is all we need. And finally, not to be left out, the New King's Version says, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Satisfied, enough, content, all we need, sufficient. Philip, who has walked and talked and lived and breathed next to Christ, who has seen the miracles with his own eyes, who has heard the parables and the teachings with his own ears, who has witnessed the adoration of Palm Sunday, who just moments ago drank from the very cup that Christ offered with his own mouth, still was not satisfied, was still not content. Philip was still not certain he had seen God. Now, I'm not sure if Philip was looking for Jesus to burst into flames, a la the burning bush, or if he was waiting for him to overthrow the government, or establish 12 flags over Jerusalem, or give him a room in the apostles' mansion. But however it was that he expected God the Father to reveal himself through Christ, as far as Philip was concerned, it hadn't happened yet. And Philip had just taken part in the very first Eucharist. And he was still looking for God. All of these experiences were not enough. For Philip, they were not quite sufficient. After everything he had seen and felt and lived through, Philip still needed to be reminded once more of how God was revealing himself through Christ. Now right now, there's a lot of division and defensiveness and confusion in our country, in our pockets of Christian community, in our state, in our counties, in our neighborhoods, and in some of our homes. A lot of us are looking around asking, where is God in all of this? Where is the good news? Where is Christ at work in our world? And maybe like a lot of people in Jesus' time, perhaps even like Philip himself, we have fallen back on our preconceived notions of how God should show up. I think a lot of us, myself included, tend to fall into that trap of saying, if only blank would happen, then it would be enough. We say these things about our personal lives and about the state of the world. When I live in that house, when I complete that degree, when I find that person, when the votes swing that way, then I will be happy, then the world will be safe, then it will be enough. I can't imagine, I can't help but imagine that if the scene between Philip and Jesus had come with stage directions, there surely would have been a Jesus bangs head on table note in the margins. And I'm pretty sure that Christ, like every parent or adult who has had to resort to a because I said so moment, would have been ultimately justified. But instead of banging his head on the table or running to Target to escape, like some mothers I know do. Jesus did what loving caregivers all around the world choose to do time and time again. He starts from the beginning, and he explains it all again. Okay, so maybe he sounds a little incredulous, (laughs) but I think there's a gentle tone as Christ breaks it down a little more and begins to unpack for Philip, and by extension all these years later for us, 
how God had been revealing himself through Christ. Jesus replied, Don't you know me, Philip, even after all this time that you've been with me? Okay, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? I'm not making this up as I go along. The Father has given me these truths that I have been speaking to you. He empowers all my actions. So trust me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. If you have trouble believing based on my words, believe because of the things I have done, the things you have seen me do. I assure you that whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. They will do even greater works because I'm going to the Father. Here we see Jesus laying out step by step the ways in which God had been revealing himself through Christ. Jesus tells Philip and the disciples that God the Father had been revealed by the things he had said, by the things he had done, and by the things he would enable Philip and the disciples to do, which astonishingly, he says, will be even greater than what had already been done. Today on the national calendar, it is Mother's Day. But on the liturgical calendar, it's the fifth week of Easter. We have two more Sundays left in the Easter season, and then we celebrate Pentecost. The day we mark the coming of the Holy Spirit, the helper that Jesus will tell Philip and the disciples about in the scriptures that we will read together next week, in the next few sentences that came after today's passage. It is this helper, the Holy Spirit, that Christ will send to enable Philip and the disciples to do the work that he, Christ, has been doing. The same Holy Spirit that Christ sends to us, the same Holy Spirit that I believe is at work in the world today. Which brings us back to Philip's original question and the question that many of us are asking. Lord, show us yourself. That is all we need. To me, Jesus' answer to Philip and to us maybe sounds a whole lot like a mother helping a child find his shoes. Are you not looking? Have you not noticed that they have been here all along? That God has been here all along? Jesus tells Philip how God, through him, had been revealed to the world. Through his message, his actions, and his continuing enabling of the disciples, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, to continue spreading the good news in the same way, even more so than they ever expected to be able to do. And this is how I believe that God is still showing up today. I know that maybe some of us, like several of the disciples, crave big, huge, bold, raging, justice-wielding, Oscar-worthy spectacles of God's presence. But instead, it seems to me that God through Christ and the presence of the Holy Spirit is still being revealed to us in many of the same ways and in the same places today as he was in the time of the disciples. I believe that the presence of God is being revealed through the words and actions and greater than deserved or imagined grace that comes from mothers and fathers and friends and neighbors and children and strangers. I believe that the presence of God is revealed around tables and on walks and in boats and in jail cells and on beaches. I believe that when the least of these and the last are served best and first, that when the widows and the orphans are cared for well, and that when both enemies and neighbors are loved extraordinarily, that God's presence is revealed there. 
I believe that we find the presence of God in the loving words of encouragement spoken from one mother to another when she feels like she has failed. I believe that we find the love of Christ in the words of forgiveness said to a child who has lost their homework again. I believe that we find the grace of Christ in the words of a friend who gently asks their roommate if they need someone to go back with them to N.A. I believe that we can find the Holy Spirit in the hands that open the doors for strangers and invite them in for dinner, in the legs that walk through the rain to homeless camps to make sure everyone is dry. I believe that the Holy Spirit is at work in the person who mothered you this week in the best sense of the word, that person who showed you extraordinary patience and wisdom in response to maybe your knuckle-headed ways. I believe that the goodness and presence of God is revealed each and every time we choose to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit and sacrifice our comfort for the betterment of someone else. And I suspect that these are the places that if we look closely, we will see God being revealed day after day. Amen.